0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Interesting Enough. He is Trey Samuel. I am Nolan Todd. Thank you guys so much for joining us once again. Um, we're back. If you guys, is this, excuse me, if this is your first time joining the podcast, obviously, thank you. Go ahead and leave us a like. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, all the other platforms. Give us a follow on Instagram to stay up to date with all our content. Uh, but we're back with a midweek drop. Trey, man, what's going on? Man, I'm doing good, I man. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. I mean, we're in the dog days of summer. You know, it's not a bunch to talk about. It's not a – we, sometimes we're scraping for news topics. But we got a couple of things that uh, we want to discuss, obviously, uh, later on. We're going to get into some NBA talk like we usually do. We'll get into your boy, Bron Brown at the Drew League. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about the WNBA. I know we've touched on it a little bit, um, so stay tuned for that. But first, Trey, obviously you always introduce us with – some type of interesting topic, which is apropos with our name. So, I heard a little bit about what's going on with the Elon Musk story, Elon Musk story, and Twitter. What's if you can give anybody some insight? What's exactly going on with the full story? Why Twitter is actually suing Elon Musk?
1: Okay, so uh, a couple months ago, Elon Musk uh, decided that he was going to buy Twitter. And Twitter wasn't up for sale at the time, but he made an offer to Twitter for $44 billion to buy Twitter. So Mm -hmm. all of Twitter's shareholders, even though it wasn't up for sale, it was their due diligence to look into the offer and then ultimately to accept the offer because he was paying way above the asking price for Twitter. Mm -hmm. And buying Twitter, he was leveraging some of his stock through uh, Tesla as well to get the money to buy Twitter. Um, Mm -hmm. Tesla's stock dropped. Overall, the stock market dropped and Twitter's stock dropped. The issue is, in this process of all the stock dropping, not Elon Musk, he had an issue where he was saying that he didn't want to buy Twitter because of the bots. And uh, nobody knows what that is. Uh, that's just uh, computer-generated users. They're not actual users, but it's just- like The annoying
0: robot. people. Let's just say what When you're on Instagram, when you on Twitter and all that, the annoying little things, and, and Trey, to be honest with you, I, not, I can't really say all the things that other bots are saying, right? Let's just be fair. Every, <laughs> everyone knows what I'm talking about. If you can hear my voice, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're on somebody's sports page, and you see some, some weird content on there in the comments. But sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so um, Elon was saying that's one of the reasons he didn't want to buy it, because let's just use this quick, easy example. Let's say it was a million users on it. On Twitter, but two hundred thousand of them were bots. where he was saying, that's less users. You're trying to tell me that this product has a million users, so that's a million people I can sell things to, when it really only has eight hundred thousand because half of right. two hundred thousand of them on bots. So he started making a big issue about that, and he started kind of publicly airing some of his grievances with Twitter, and that in in, um, in turn started dropping Twitter's stock price down because now he's airing all these grievances. So eventually, he comes out and he says, uh. He uses the bots as his main reason for, oh, uh, hey, I don't want to buy Twitter. Uh, it's not what you guys try to sell me on. Uh, so um, he didn't want to buy Twitter. Twitter is suing, though, because they're saying, okay, you already made this agreement to buy Twitter.
0: You stirred this all up. <laughs> yeah, you stirred
1: this all up by airing all our grievances. So now our stock has already dropped now you saying that you don't want to buy twitter anymore that's dropped that stock even more and then you look into the inside some of the you know inner components of twitter you know how they uh set up the website you know some of the algorithms he's had a chance to look into that so then it's like you could build a comparative just based off of what you've seen on twitter what we share with you so uh that's the main issue now he doesn't want to buy uh twitter again twitter is probably not it's well it's not even probably it's not worth the 44 billion that he um put up or that he leveraged to by twitter but now that his own stock and tesla and the stock market in general is kind of dipped a little bit uh that 44 billion is looking a lot more expensive now
0: so i mean i don't know this sounds to me this doesn't feel like a little like almost self-sabotage in a way because i, I don't even know as a people i don't know how you feel Chair, but like i don't know if it would even be in our best interest for Elon Musk to be having Twitter? like I, No, no, I don't think it would. Be. You know what I mean? Like, in general, so yeah. like I guess I think about it, like, like from a personal note, I, I'm not a big Twitter user. I mean, I use it, like, we have our podcasts and stuff. But in general, um, I know that, like, people use it, right? So it's, like, the biggest thing out. So I don't know if it would even be in our best interest. So, like, maybe I don't really feel any type of way about this, but, like, something, a part of it just feels thimy, this whole back and forth, you know, in terms of, it's like you want to do this deal, but then it, it almost feels like you, I feel like you kind of, kind of knew some of the answers already going in. That That's just like from the outside going in, you know, not doing too much deep research into it. But like, how do you feel about it in general?
1: Um, again, I think from a social standpoint, I don't think it would be in the best interest for Elon Musk to have Twitter. Um, I'm not going to get into the political side of it, but I just want to share out this example. He did say that, uh, if he was to own Twitter, he would reinstate Donald Trump. And I just think um, mm-hmm. certain actions like that, and then he said he would kind of deregulate Twitter. So he would, as a non-Twitter, like you know, if you say, I'm going to go kill X, Y, and Z, you know, they're going to kick you off of Twitter and they're not going to allow that comment to stand. But he said he's going to deregulate Twitter. So now that's kind of creeping up fears that, you know.
0: It just opens up a lot of things. So. Yeah, <laughs> you can say
1: anything on Twitter and it's just going <laughs> to it's going to lead to a whole bunch of issues. So I don't think from a social standpoint um, or even from a political standpoint, I don't think it's a good thing for him to own Twitter. But I also do think that it's dangerous what he did. Like he just, he killed the stock of a company. Yeah. And this is Twitter, but let's say he does that to Walmart or Amazon. Like he just keep doing that to all these other companies. Let's say he does that to a competitor, a Tesla. or Let's say he does that to Ford. I mean, it's just a dangerous precedent, this, um, this set. So I think that the courts will probably make him pay up some kind of money. I know just to buy out, like just him saying that he doesn't want to get out of Twitter, if Twitter was in agreement to that, since he's already agreed to buy them, he would have to still pay a billion dollars and fine just to get out of it. But Twitter, again, they're the going to court to sue him to pay for the whole $44 Um They want the court to force him to buy Twitter.
0: Yeah. And look, I mean, I hate to state the obvious out in the room i mean the parallel between some things that elon musk has done and and donald trump has done right there's that's there that exists right i mean like and you talk about you know trey you made a good point talking about reestating trump well i mean we look we have a history of elon musk you know you know spreading misinformation about covid19 you know what i mean right. like so there, there, there's like multiple things and that and that's just one of the things right like that's not even touching the you know the political agenda of it, and I'm not making COVID-19 political because it's an actual virus. So it's just one of those things that I'm a little confused about. But a lot of that stuff is over my head. I will say, I don't know what's going to happen with it. Um, Probably most of the effects I won't even see, but hopefully it's not something that, you know, really turns – into like a bigger deal we'll, we'll see because they're in a current legal battle right like i think as we speak correctly
1: so, uh twitter just sued <clears throat> i think last week uh when the news came out that he wasn't gonna buy uh twitter so i mean this is probably going on for a little while now like i said it does set up a lot of legal precedent because uh if he's not forced to buy twitter then you can just have a lot of rich people a lot of billionaires you know just tanking companies stock right Right,
0: right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the dangerous part about it too. Like it's all fun and games, but then it's like it's not gonna be fun and games if like legit companies like like you said, the big ones, right? Uh, like Walmart and stuff like that, Amazon, the big ones that we you know, people rely on, right? Like that that stuff can't drop. People don't maybe not may not understand that if that stuff drops, how it can literally affect your life.
1: Yeah, Amazon's one of the largest employers in the United States. So I mean, with them dropping, uh at their stock dropping, you know, they would be forced to probably lay off a lot of employers that it just it leads to a dangerous situation. I mean, Twitter, of course, you know, they possibly could have had some layoffs because uh, this stock dropped. So it just it's one of those things you just really don't want.
0: Correct, correct. And I agree. That's something we're gonna actually keep track of. I mean, we try to keep track of a couple of the legal cases. I mean, you know, we got the free Brittany Grinder campaign going, we try to push that on here. You know, I haven't really necessarily said free YSL, but I just wanna see how the young thug case is gonna comes out, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. But um the stuff is something we're gonna keep track of, but Man, let's get to some basketball. Let's get to the good stuff. We ain't got nothing else to talk about in the summer. There's no NBA. So we got to talk about your boy, Brown Brown, pulling up to the Drew League, Trey. Now, Trey, I already know you were hype about this because this is your boy in general. But can I just say one thing for everybody that doesn't know? Not only did LeBron show up at the Drew League, which if you don't know what the Drew League is, you got to Google that. It's, it's huge. It's like the Rucker, but in, in California. Um, LeBron showed up. Debo showed up. DeMar DeRozan. But one face didn't show up, Trey, that was rumored to show up. Kyrie Irvin. We he's been a perpetual line stepper on this podcast. But before I even get to him in the first part, I only got one thing to say about it, Trey. But and you know I gotta be a little negative because it's Braun, unfortunately. How you only won by two points. How you only you can't have a team with LeBron and DeRozan lose by two points. I and mean, win by two points. It's hard at all. I'm not gonna say of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, LeBron and DeRozan playing defense. Well, first of all. I don't even know if DeRozan plays defense in the NBA. That's just to be fair, and not, not not to be disrespectful, but I don't really know if LeBron and DeRozan actually played defense in the last. And if you show me some clips of LeBron and DeRozan playing defense in the last three years, I'll pay you because I don't think fair those point. guys do. Fair point. So, but but in general, yes, of course they're not going to be playing hard for up. But you can't only win by two points training. and the excuse can't just be that you just oh well I wasn't playing that hard. You was playing hard on offense. You were scoring on offense. I mean, you wasn't playing as hard as you obviously he was playing hard.
1: Let's, yeah, come on.
0: I mean, yeah, these are like practice shots to him, like it's a defender turn around jumping. No, but,
1: but I'm saying like that it's practice shots and it's practice speed. Well, it's not even practice speed. It's, it's not, practice. not. It's a game.
0: It's, it's like still a game. Yeah.
1: It's still a game. But he was the biggest guy in the court too.
0: There's guys in the Drew that can play and that are. are it's not like there's just a bunch of five eight guys running around. No, 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 no,
1: no. I'm, just, I'm not saying no, no, no. It's not a whole bunch of five eight. But I'm just saying when you're the biggest guy in the court, you already have an inherent advantage. So I'm just saying he didn't have to go 100 percent at all. Right. And then, i like, listen, as far as the Kyrie point, man, I, I like, we all know Kyrie. He does his own thing. He's kind of wonky, to say the least. Like, him not showing up, it doesn't really surprise me. I I don't even read into it at this point. I'm just like, it's Kyrie doing Kyrie things?
0: Mm-hmm. But, I mean, so here's the thing. Like, I saw the clip of, now, you, I don't know if you saw, like, Kyrie was a parent. I don't know if this was true, but I guess he, maybe he was helping a, a kid's camp with like Phil Handy, which yeah. is like the assistant coach of Lakers. So I don't, I don't know if that's actually true. He was there at the same time. But, you know, uh, who, who knows? But I, I will say this. Wouldn't it be on brand? It would be pretty on brand for Kyrie not to show up. And and let me just be fair. If, if I just want to go with the hypothetical example. If Kyrie was actually going to go, do you think there would be a reason for him to not show up if like LeBron – or DeRozan was there, like I, I'm not. I don't think he's like some attention seeker kind of thing. But like, would you think he would like he would like to go on a on a a, a game where LeBron was not there to like not be sun by LeBron again? Or like, am I just reading too much into that?
1: No, I don't think I don't think I don't think it's anything about being Simmons because supposedly that rumor that he was going to be there, that rumor also stated that him and LeBron were going to be in the same team. So I don't think it was anything about him not wanting to be around LeBron necessarily. In that sense, uh, as far as being overshadowed by LeBron, but I also think it might have been in his best interest not to be there, just for the fact that it would have drawn up a whole bunch of more speculation. It would have started a whole bunch of more rumors about Kyrie going to Los Angeles and, or you know, the Russell Westbrook and Kyrie trade or whatnot. And I think it would have just started up a lot more drama. So, in a sense, if he did want to avoid that, which I don't know, because you know, Kyrie, he's not averse to starting drama or being involved in it. I should sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's not. But if he didn't, if
0: he wanted to avoid that, then uh, that might have been a reason, you know, not to show up. Now, do you think now in terms of, like, the actual game, like, I don't know if there was anything really to write home about the actual game watching it. But were, were you just, like, as a fan, just excited to see just, like, because he hasn't played there since, the, what, it was, like, the lockout year and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, 2011, how, yeah. How do you normally feel about – because I'm a fan of – I wish there was more of it. Like, just obviously as a basketball fan, I understand the reasons why not. But, like, do you think this is something that, like, he's setting the precedence for and other stars are going to come more consistently, or do you think this is just like a one-off?
1: Um, I think it's just a one-off for him. I am happy that he um, did show up. Um, obviously it's nice, you know, it's in the inner city, uh, you know, giving a lot of people the opportunity to see NBA players who normally wouldn't be able to see NBA players wouldn't be able to afford to go to those games. So I think it is a nice uh, opportunity for that. But um, I think just more of a one-off, like again, he is 37 going to be 38 when this season starts. I think he's getting older. I think he knows these are his final years. You know, he's in the twilight of his NBA career, so I think he just wanted to go out there one more time and kind of just perform in front of the Drew League. kind of, you know, it's kind of just an environment when he was a kid, you know, obviously he always talks about his kind of rough, uh, underprivileged background, I think, it's an environment where he could have saw himself, you know, going out to watch Michael Jordan or whoever else it was he looked up to. So I think he just wanted one more opportunity to kind of get back to the community in that sense.
0: And and that's, and look, I, I there's really nothing negative I can say about that. You know what I'm saying? I think it was cool for him to show up. I, I, you know, what's the coolest thing to me about the Drew is like the excitement it gets. Cause it, it felt like old school, Trey. It's like, we just heard in the morning. It's like LeBron, my show up today, LeBron, my show up today. And I know we have social media, but it feels like before, and we're like, even been too young where there's like no social media, but like, you know, it felt like a time before when we were like little, little, and there was no social media. It's like, you just hear things through the grapevine, you know what I mean? And then it's like, now everybody gets excited and it's like, you got to find out if it's true, then you got to go to the game. Like, I think I like that nostalgia part of it more than almost like the actual like basketball game itself.
1: You know what I mean? Like, it's
0: just the idea that he's like going to show up and you don't even know for sure. And like, you got to hurry up and get to the gym and like all of that.
1: Um, I think yeah, I think that's a great point you brought up, and it did seem like it just came out of nowhere. Like it was just all of a sudden LeBron's gonna go in the, um playing in the Drew League, you know, Kyrie yep. Irving might be playing, Demar Derozan. It was just kind of like, you know, where did all this come from? It's like LeBron in the Drew League, like we haven't seen that in over a decade, so it's just it really did come kind of come out of nowhere. It's kind of like it's just a a summertime Christmas present for the, the people that are able to see them.
0: Right. Yeah. And and I, I love it. I I hope more stars actually get to do this in, in coming years, but because the Drew League stuff is always gonna be cool to see, but. Actually, Trey, I did want to bring up, because, you know, I was thinking about how DeRozan and LeBron played, and I like their duo, and I know, I always think about LeBron and DeRozan that duo just because they probably should be together, and we've talked about this on this pod, <laughs> like, DeRozan probably, probably should have been the Lakers, and how I think they would have actually been a really underrated good duo in the league, and, and I say all that to say, I saw people Ranking their list of duos in the NBA. You know, this is the time of the year, we're going to rank duos. We're going to rank, you know, best teams, this and that. But I have an interesting question for you. We, there's a lot of duos in the league right now. As currently constructed, and I just want you to put aside, forget the actual, the rest of these guys' teams. What, is there a duo that you like the best in terms of in the league? Like the best duos of two players, maybe because they complement each other, maybe just the two best players on the same team. And just to give you, and just to give people some candidates, because I'm sprinting this on Trey, because it gives you time to think, you know. I already prime. know who I want to go with. Oh, oh you, oh, you already, okay, you already, go ahead. Who's 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 the dude are you choosing?
1: And then it's going to get some controversy, I think, from you and some of the viewers, or some of the listeners, I should say. But I'm going to go with Giannis and Chris Militant, and you know, but that he, was actually going to
0: be my choice. That's crazy. Okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and it's not because of Chris Middleton. No disrespect, but it's because of Giannis.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. Because to be fair, there has been some real disrespect about Chris Middleton's name, and we we're not going to talk about this again. But go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I think Giannis is just by far the best player in the league. Um, it's pretty easy to, for me to see, and I think for everybody else to see. And I do think Chris Middleton. He's a good player. I mean, he's not a great player. You know, he's he's not like a player that we're going to talk about. Like, oh, he should be in the Hall of Fame. You know. He's one of the greatest of his generation. No, he's not. But, you know, he's a really solid uh, number two guy. And I think... Um, and an he, all-star player. Yeah, all-star player. He compliments Giannis well. He's a tough shot maker. You know, he can hit uh, spot-up shots, and he does play uh, good defense. He doesn't need the ball in his hands a lot. And I just think it really relies on Giannis. I think Giannis is just that dominant, where, like, he, you know, he carries his weight
0: plus some. I, I think... So that's so crazy that you picked that because that was going to be my choice. And the, just to piggyback on that, the reason I like that matchup, I think obviously the, Giannis is the best player in the NBA, right? Like you got that. And then I, obviously, you know, everyone knows that listen to this podcast, how underrated, I think Chris Middleton is, was, is, and still is. But I think I like how they complement each other kind of to your point. What I like about what Middleton does is Trey, he complements the flaws of Giannis like, whatever flaws you think Giannis has, Chris Middleton's excellent at. And you remember we used to have these conversations a couple of years ago on the pod, off the pot. Well, Giannis can't be the best player in the league. People used to say that because who's going to take the last shot? Who's going to take the last shot? Well, you know who's going to take his last shot? It's actually going to be Chris Middleton. Yes. And he's been their clutch guy that comes in late in games and has the ball in his hands and making a play. And Giannis is, just becomes a traditional big man in that sense. It's like, hey, I'm just going to scream for you. I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to crash the offensive boards. And look, to be fair, Trey, there's a lot of stars that we know all time that wasn't going for that. I mean, heck, Shaq was never going for that with Kobe. And he, I mean, he played with Kobe. And he was never going for the whole, um, like, he was never going for the whole, well, let me get Kobe and let Kobe get out of the way. Shaq would have been pissed if he's not getting the ball late in the game when it, with the money on the line. And, and I, I think why they complement each other is more, is also what they do on the court, but also off the court because of the personality. They both have personalities where they both feel like pretty egoless in a way. If you think about it, like Giannis is pretty much one of the most low maintenance stars. And I could probably say sports, right? Like not just basketball. He's pretty low maintenance. He's playing in a relatively small to medium sized market. It doesn't seem like he wants to leave there. He's got the family. He's got the humble beginnings. I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that. And I think that's what makes them complement each other.
1: Correct. And I think, uh, to your point, you know, um, Chris Middleton, like just far as from a basketball perspective, he is a person that can take the last shot. So that does compliment Giannis' game well. But I also want to give credit to Giannis. I think he has uh expanded his game to the degree where he can be capable of taking a last second shot. Yes. I'm not saying he's gonna get the best shot. I think Chris Middleton might get a better look. But I st- I feel comfortable now with Giannis having the ball in his hand with the last ten seconds of the game. Like I don't feel like it's a dire situation. Like I might have felt in years past.
0: And I think people do get it twisted, and I won't go, like, in super deep in basketball, but, you know, people act like, oh, like, well, it's the last shot. You need to have, like, it's not like – it's the last ten seconds of the game. He doesn't need to shoot a pull-up three. He can still drive to the basket. That, that, that play still exists. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, people always act like, because he's not a great 3 point shooter, like, he can't go get a shot in another way. Like, you know, this, this is basketball. But I did want to mention a couple of names. I, if, if you were to pick second – my second choice, Trey, I'm not jumping too much off the ship, even though they performed badly in the last time we've seen them. I'm still going Chris Paul and D. Book. I like Chris Paul and D. Book together. I think they complement each other well. I think they're both dogs. So that's sort would of have been that would sort have of been my second choice if Giannis and them don't exist. But you know the audible mentions. You know you got the the Tatum and Jalen Brown, right? You got uh, Harden and Embiid. Maybe you know if you want to take a fire, do you like Dejounte Murray and Trey Young? You know, so there's a couple of other choices. Is is there any Levine and DeRozan? Is there anybody that stands out outside of you know? The couple obvious ones that you're like, hey, this is something that we should keep an eye on as far as duos because I, I have one in mind, but I want to hear yours.
1: No, I have one in mind, too. I'm going to tell you, I think I might steal yours just uh, because it's your favorite team, but I think I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler and Bam out of body. I like that and one. I, yeah, I think I think a lot of it depends on Bam, um, his ability kind of, you know, step up his game. But I do think they have the potential to be one of the best duels in the league. And I'm not saying it's gonna be, you know, stressed out over a long period of time. It might just be for the next year or two, just because Jimmy Butler is aging and his game doesn't seem like it's the best to be it's not the best game to um age well, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But right now speaking, if we're talking about just right now currently, I do think that Jimmy Butler with that dog in him, just with that tenacity he has and the ability to score when he needs to score. You know, he's not a prolific scorer, but he can not score when he needs to, as well as the as defend, and I, I feel the same way about them. Um, can score kind of when he needs to. He does need to improve his scoring abilities and add, you know, a couple of tricks to his game. But just being able to score a little bit and being able to play uh, some elite defense, I think they can be a really effective duo. And I think they've proven that over the last couple of years. You know, they've had a finals appearance. They've been to the Eastern Conference Finals, even though they haven't won it all. You know, they've had a lot of success. I think a whole bunch of other teams in the NBA would love to replicate.
0: I like that. I like that. Obviously, I like that trust a lot for obvious reasons, but. I was actually going to go with not the Heat because everybody thinks I'm going to go with the Heat anyway. I got a couple honorable mentions. One, Jamal Murray and Jokic. We that haven't seen good. Jamal Murray in a while, but if if we know anything about Jamal Murray and how hard he works, he should come back to similar form. Do we know how long it's going to take him to do that? No. But when he's right, I like that duo. And then I'm going to go with the trustee that when you when we look back in this pod probably a year later, this should be in the top three, and you don't forget it. Kawhi and Paul George. Let's not overthink it. The caveat is, as we know, Trey, they got to be healthy. We all know that. And yeah, that's
1: the only thing. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm tired of betting on Kawhi and Paul George. I think they had the skills, but they both always hurt all the time. I'm just kind of tired of betting on them.
0: And I get that, and I, I can totally get that. However, the last time we saw them on the court, they were in the conference finals, and they were Kawhi in the conference finals. Okay, all right, he was on the team. One of them was in the stands, but okay, but we get the point. I like both of them as a duo too, so, and, I, and I do think I like two way wings. I just like two way wings that defend and do, and do that type of stuff. So that's a list that we're gonna keep running, you know what I mean, going forward. Um, but just real quick, Trey, because I did want to, you know, actually bring up, um, you know, an interesting conversation I saw. So I, I saw the quote by Bill Burr talking about the WNBA, and we've talked about Brady Griner and stuff. And for those who haven't seen the quote, Bill Burr is a comedian. Um, I don't want to read the full quote on the pod, but he essentially said the reason why the WNBA isn't as popular is because, you know, women are also supporting him. That women, women, he said, he asked, you know, quote, where are all the feminists? He said, that's the place where the, the WNBA game should be packed with feminists and be doing all this. But he said, because of that, that's a part of the reason why it's not popularized. Now, I've had discussions with people about this in the past, men and women. And I wanted to bring this up on the pod on purpose because I think it's an important conversation to have. Now, do you think Bill Burton – It probably didn't sound great in that you you read the full quote, Trey. It probably didn't sound great in the, his delivery. But do you actually think there's some credence to what he's saying, or do you think he's just far off, or are you somewhere in the middle?
1: Um, I think there's credence in the sense that uh, yes, the WWE—I mean the WNBA—is like you know fan support. But I think when he's tying that to only the female gender, I think he needs to put that to both genders. I think uh, you need both genders to kind of buy into the sport. You know, yeah. when you are talking about his fan support, and you're talking about uh, the economic support as far as going out to bars and having it on the TVs, guess what? They're not going to do that if it's only females. They're going to need men's support as well. As far as filling out the um, stadiums, guess what? You need the guys to go there too because most more times than not, you and I, we've both been to, you know, football games and basketball games in our respective yep. cities. And when we go out there, what do we normally see a lot of times? Half of the stadium is a mom, dad, and a kid. Yep. It's like a family event. So even if it was just females going out there, guess what? A lot of them are married or have kids or have other obligations where they wouldn't be able to attend these WNBA games unless it was a family event. Exactly. So I th- yes, I don't think I think it leads out too much. I think he does hit home at the point that, yes, we, they do need some more fan support. But I sure. think it's just been left at that fan support—not female fan support, not male fan support, but just general fan support.
0: And and I agree with that. And here's my thing about this. So I'm, I'm way I'm way the other way with I'm I'm way I, I, we're on the same page here, but with with what Bill Burr said. Let Let me just address this. The W for somebody to literally say. The, a part of the reason why the W – because I've heard this argument before. And it's Bill is in the first time, and I'm sure you have too, Jared. The reason – you can't say the reason that the WNBA is now seeing like and blame women and literally say, well, where, where are you guys at? Where's your support? We're not expecting women to be the main supporter of the sport just because of women. The main supporter of sports in general are generally men, right? Like, so we're just asking you to do what you would normally do. it's not a complicated it's not a complicated scenario and like why people try to change this and be like well because it's women playing the sports it's sports and generally speaking i don't have a statistic in front of me we know that men drive sports sports uh, that's why there's beer and commercials that's why all these sexualized things on commercials when you watch an nfl game and stuff like that because they know men are watching correct we're asking you to continue to watch sports the only thing that's changed that when you're watching the TV, it's the same exact sport, but it's a man and it's a woman. And for you people to not support it and just say, oh, well, well, I'm not going to support it. I've literally heard this argument. Well, I'm not going to support it. If I don't see the women at the game, so I'm not going to support it. You, well, I, I, well, if there's no woman at the NFL games, you're still watching. If there's no woman at the NBA games, you're still watching. And don't, and don't come to me with the argument about the game is, is not exciting because they're dunks. I'm not hearing none of that. I am not hearing none of that because we watch the NBA games. Nobody's watching NBA games from Dunks anymore. Hey Trey, we've talked about this. We don't even watch the dunk contest that much anymore. So don't, I don't want to hear. It. This isn't 1985. We not we're not we're not moved by a regular two handed dunk anymore. So unless unless Trey, the last time I checked, I don't think somebody's 360 windmilling dunking on somebody in the paint every game. So unless that's happening, I don't know what you're talking about when you, when in terms of the game. So go ahead and watch the game, and and we can go into the bigger discussion about why it's not being pushed and stuff like that. But I'm just not hearing that argument. I'm sorry, I'm not hearing it.
1: Yeah, and I think. Uh... I think it just takes time for to have fan buy-in, uh, the WNBA. I mean, it's been around for like maybe 30 years, but when you talk about like NFL NBA, I mean, we just did an NBA 75 year anniversary. I mean, we're talking about something that's been around for a long time, a lot longer than most people have been alive. So I think sure. it just takes, it takes time. It takes buy-in. Um, when the WNBA first came around, you know, people's general idea of women's sports and the place women's sports has in american culture was not the same as it is now so obviously the buy-in might be a little greater now than it it was back then so i think it's just going to take time it's going to be a slow and arduous process but i do think that they can get a good fan base
0: and 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 i would agree with that to a sense they have time however the real reason why this isn't happening is like i said we won't go too super deep but they're not getting the same advertisement push that these other leagues are getting and we all know this right so that's the problem look i can sit here and ask you trey you know two of lebron james's kids names and his wife's name right right now yeah diana taurasi is probably the best wna player do you know her do you know her wife's name do you know her kid's name no not at all right so like they're not even being pushed in a way where you can actually like you got we have to market these stars so we like can actually know about them, because that's all we care about in this society. We want to know about LeBron's life. We want to know about his family, his kids, and Giannis, and this and that. But when it's the WNBA, we don't hear about nothing about their personal lives. Only time we ever hear about the WNBA is when something negatively is happening, somebody's making a comment like Bill Burr, or we got the Brittany Griner situation. It's not being pushed in a way, and that starts with these sponsors, that starts with these big corporations that put these money and fund these leagues like the NFL and the NBA, They've got to take the same leap of faith they did before. They got to take that same leap of faith. And it's not even a leap of faith where like, don't hit me with, I don't know if there's going to be a return on in your investment. Because you had that same question before when these leagues were smaller. So I'm also not hearing that as well. So let's push the league the same way you pushed the other leagues. And let's not change the narrative just because it's women, period. So that's my take on it. Obviously, we like to talk about it more. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. just disappointing. I think Bill Burr's pretty funny, but. I got to call it out like I see it. But before we got out of here, Trey, I had to bring up the Kylie Jenner story. And first of all, we want to we stand on the pod for the record. As soon as we dropped last pod, the Zach Wilson stuff went crazy, Trey. The Zach Wilson yeah, yeah. stuff went crazy. We thought about talking about it on the pod. We didn't talk about it on the pod. We gonna. T- I'm sure we are gonna have plenty of time to talk about the Zach Wilson thing as the NFL season starts. He might, Trey, he might be our favorite player. Anyway, I don't know. I mean,
1: but- I think he's mine. Like, hey. <laughs> he might be our favorite. But- I mean, he's a Mormon. He's getting it. Hey, I like Zach. That's
0: all <laughs> I'll you going to be watching Jets games now. <laughs> You'll really? be in. <laughs> hey, the real Mormon backstory just makes it better. Like, I just <laughs> like him. <them. laughs> but, but what's going on with Kylie Jenner? I mean, for those who don't know, the, the Kylie Jenner story is probably the best thing I've seen all week. Kylie Jenner, as you know. You, everyone knows who this is at this point. One of the Kardashians is being dragged on Twitter, being dragged on Twitter for apparently taking multiple private jets her private jet and taking short flights. And people are criticizing her because obviously, you know, flight's not good for obviously the ozone layer, the environment, things of that nature. So apparently Kylie Jenner lately has been out here taking regular 10 minute flights you know, apparently it was five flights in the last week that are under 30 minutes of flight time. And one flight was reported as actually being only three minutes long. And people are all up in arms and upset about it as Twitter does and as social media does. Honestly, Trey, I don't know too much to make about this story, but what, what did you make when this was becoming like a whole scene? Because, because honestly, it just feels really, really extra bougie to me, but that's all I got out of it. <laughs>
1: I mean, it does feel extra bougie. I think that uh, one of the things that's kind of heightened, uh, not to get too serious on the topic, because I think it is kind of a lighthearted topic that you can laugh at, but uh, a lot of the world, I think uh, the US and the Europe, and particularly the UK, is experiencing you know, heat waves that many have attributed to climate change. So it just kind of seems kind of reckless that, you know, you would use all that carbon, like amid all that carbon just to make a three minute flight where you probably could have drove there in 30 minutes. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not usually the one to kind of judge somebody on how to use their money. But I, I thought, I, it's just kind of funny. It's funny just because it's so ridiculous. Like,
0: you could literally drive to some of these places. Like, the amount of time it actually takes for you to load up on a plane for three minutes. Like, I don't know if the note for three minutes thing is true. So let me not, let's just take the 10-minute one. That would still even be excessive to me.
1: But that's like, it seems like something you would see in a movie. Like, it's something like you would read about, like, one of those 1900s, you know, steel plant. Works as uh, you know, like chiefs that own a steel plant. Like somebody at the Gilded Age. Like it seems like something yeah. like a bygone era. It doesn't seem real. Like, oh, I'm gonna take a ten minute flight. Like at a certain point, isn't it just a bit ridiculous? Like if you really wanted to do that can you do a helicopter.
0: I was gonna say, the only saving grace I have for this, and I don't even know if she has a helicopter, but obviously she can afford one. What I will say is this: Hey man, sometimes you just want to be traffic. Sometimes you just want to be traffic. Sometimes you don't have time. Like, honestly, that's the reason why Kawhi Leonard, as, a, as we, you talk about it, as an airplane. I, I Obviously, the, the the late, great Kobe Bryant also had an airplane because he's trying to get places, you know what I mean? Back and things of I that did. nature. Yeah. It just feels like, obviously, it feels a little bit different with the fuel of, like, a full jet. Um, not to get into specifics, but it's obviously really harsh for the environment and you want to try to limit it. But, I, honestly, I think it's going to be all, you know, something made about nothing. It's nothing to talk about find something to talk about it's a little funny story but we both don't think this is actually gonna stop her from still doing oh it, no, right. no no no, no, no. <laughs> like, I'm, I was say, right now yeah she's right yeah she's probably literally on one right now as we report this podcast like like literally probably literally putting the little what's that what what did you call the look is that the eye face mask like the, the eye face that people close their eyes so she's probably like literally putting oh, yeah, one yeah, of yeah. those on for, for the three-minute flight to take a little cat nap. Like, she's probably literally doing this. I was Yeah, just...
1: she's going to post it on Instagram,
0: but like, it, it's not going to stop. Yeah, it's not going to stop. Exactly. So, oh, man. But, well, look, man, it's, it's been a great pod. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Obviously, go ahead and like and subscribe. Like I said in the beginning, if this is your first time, we're on Instagram. Follow us at Interesting Enough Podcast. We, we drop all of our content there, give you updates, updates to our stories, polls, chat with us in the comments all that good stuff um and i'll swing it to train
1: uh again thank you so much for listening um and for your continued support if you like what you heard please like and subscribe uh until you hear us again next week peace peace